today on Doomed. It was the last debate between the Democratic candidates for president before the Iowa caucuses. And CNN, who was hosting the debate, really wanted there to be some drama. Uh, was there? Was there not? Who's looking good going into Iowa caucuses? Who's not? All that and much, much more, plus a lot of media criticism on the debate host tonight, for sure. Let's get right to it. It's late. The Dem debate's just finished. It's almost midnight. Let me pull my guest up right now onto the screen so you could all see us. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Yule, a progressive activist who you all know if you're on Twitter because he's everywhere. He's getting retweeted a million times. He's got how many followers do you got, buddy? You got 200-something uh, thousand, right? Uh, too many. <laughs> right, right. You should be proud of it. Don't, don't, don't. Don't play it down. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for having me, man. If I had as many followers as you, let me tell you, this show would be the name of the show would change to the exact follower account I have. That yeah, would be just, it would like... just constantly changing, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, Jordan, this was quite the debate tonight, and I, I, I've done these post-debate shows for every debate of 2019, and this is the first of 2020, although it's the last before the Iowa caucuses. And every time I've had a guest on, we discuss the debate, and we've always talked about how it's frustrating how the candidates don't go at each other. I know everyone wants to preach unity, but we're at the point now where people need to just, I mean, you don't have to attack. You don't have to do, you know, uh, uh, negative attacks on someone's character. Just go hard on someone's uh, voting record. Go hard on the policy proposal someone supports. And I would say this was, it, it was more so, we saw more so of that tonight than ever before. But altogether, I still think they're, they're oddly, as we, this was the last one before the, the caucuses, they were still just not, they were just pulling punches. Yeah. Uh, CNN very clearly wanted theatrics tonight. I mean, you, we, like the, the, the nature of cable TV uh, and corporate TV debates is they want optics, they want fireworks, um, and they want, you know, the, the barbs, the sparks, all that kind of shit. Um, like this was, this was very clear what they wanted. The questions were set up to create those moments. They weren't, like as you say, like, created or devised where people could get into deep dives about their policy differences and things like that. Um, I mean, we saw questions with Sanders. It was like on trade. It was like, hey, why won't you make a compromise on this policy? Uh, doesn't that hurt farmers? And then the questions to other candidates was, hey, isn't this a bad idea that Sanders isn't co compromising? Like, how is that? Why not talk about like what could be done? Why not talk about alternate scenarios? Why just are we ex accepting Trump's trade deal plan as the default and then everyone else has to kind of weigh in on why Sanders' position on that is right or wrong. Right. So it's not it's not it's not a meaningful substantive debate by any measure. Right. It's it's the the parts of tonight's debate where they actually went at each other was just like you said, it was just meaningless sort of dramatization by CNN. Um what you know, there was a number of frustrating moments where, you know, for example, let's get right to it. It's on everyone's mind. It was the talk of the past, like, 48 hours. This new battle between Warren and Sanders, the two have not gone at each other at all. Um, this, this whole primary, uh, whenever any sort of moderator tried at previous debates, they brought up how they were friends, and they just had some, you know, differences, but for the most part actually lined up on policy. Um, you know, they would point out what those differences were and why one person would probably be more likely to support the other person, but there was no going at each other. Uh, this was different this time, and that's because of a story that broke on, uh, from CNN, interestingly enough, a couple of days ago, where, uh, four sources told CNN that, uh, Warren and Sanders had a meeting in 2018 before the, either of them ran for president to discuss their presidential uh, hopes. Uh, and this was previously reported, but no one knew what it was about because it was a private conversation. And then all of a sudden, CNN has these four sources telling them that 
this private conversation, what went down actually is that Sanders apparently said to Warren that a woman can't become president. Um, what would you what would you like to say about that, Jordan? <laughs> Man, I mean, I I have been pretty open uh, over the past day or two uh, about the whole story because I think it was. So the story itself, I think, was 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 rushed, and I think it was hastily prepared, and clearly to create drama and theatrics for tonight. And then we saw CNN reporters shortly before the debate talking about, oh, things to look out for. Will Warren and Sanders fight? Uh, the New Yorker did a piece last night uh, in response to that article uh, about, hey, this the long-awaited uh, fight between Warren and Sanders is finally here. Nobody really on the progressive side wants them to to fight because you could kind of fracture the progressive wing. Um, I think most people would agree that if they're generally agreeable and, 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 and unified to some extent, it's better in the long run for everybody on the progressive left. Um, but, you know, CNN doesn't have a vested stake in that. They don't give a shit. They want, they want optics. Right. So they pushed this story, relied on secondhand, anonymous sources, which, I mean, if, if, if you know someone who does investigative work, that's just like... That's not actual confirmation because it's very easy for, say, if, if I'm in Warren's camp and I give you the CNN reporter this story and then to confirm that I give you my associate or my friend, that's not actually confirmation because it's very clear that like we could just have the same story because we we're on the same side. Um, you want a separate independent source, and it's not very clear whether CNN did that, and as more details emerged – it looked like it was a conversation about the effects and role uh, of sexism in the 2020 election based on uh, what Bernie saw in 2016. And he was a little bit more skeptical um, uh, of someone's staying power uh, because of that. And that was then conflated. It was stripped of all context and then conflated with Bernie doesn't think a woman can win, which is just a, a huge jump, especially based on everything he's been on the record as saying since the 80s. Um, so like you said tonight, they brought it up and it was it was like presented again to go back to the, the, the insane rat fuck line of questioning. Um, are we allowed to swear on it? <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck. Okay. Shit. Say whatever you'd like. <laughs> but it was this insane line of questioning where it was just like, uh, Senator Sanders, did you say that? And he said, no. And they turn to Warren, and it's like, Warren, what was it like when he definitely said this? It was just like, why even bother asking if you don't care? Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's insane. It's, it's literally like malpractice. Like you can't do that. You're in yeah. like as a moderator, you can't literally like that's injecting your opinion right there. There's no way around that. I don't know how else you interpret that. It was just, just ridiculous. And, you know, the, the idea – I thought it was interesting that they went to Bernie first actually because if they really wanted to really uh, uh, fuck him over, the easiest thing would have been to let Warren start that conversation so she could set the stage. I think by letting Bernie talk first, he was able to pretty much let the conversation go in the direction he wanted to and then she had to answer that instead of her teeing it up for him. Um but I don't think they did that on purpose. I think it was just not an oversight or whatever. Um, it, it's it's really troublesome that what happened on the stage there actually happened at all. Because I really thought, I really thought that they would ask the question, and Warren would want to not talk about it. She would want to move on from it, and Bernie, being that he's the one who had the word said about him that he said this, he would simply deny and move on. But Warren doubled down on it again in terms of just like easiest thing in the world is literally just to say, listen, it was a private conversation. It shouldn't have gone out. We were discussing strategy or, you know, whatever was said was said. I don't want to talk about it. But that's not what happened. I mean, how, how do you and listen, if you if for any Warren supporters listening right now, if Warren wants to go this route, by all means, I'm not going to she should if this is how she thinks she's going to win, then go for it. But don't pull this shit where you're going to do this sort of attack and then pull, oh, everyone be nice and unify, unity, unity. Just be that person. Just do it. Just do it. In fact, in my opinion, all these candidates have been wasting their time with being nice in this era of let's pick a damn candidate. So, like, that should be the thing. Like, they should just be going at it. Like, so we – how many people are on the stage tonight? Six? 
Six. How long did it take us to get the six candidates? We've been doing this for a ye- over a year now. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's just, you know, just, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny that it, the whole unity candidate thing was launched just as this all happened from the Warren campaign. I mean, yeah. what's like, come on, man. Like, just listen, if you want to do this, just do it. Be upfront about it. Say, Bernie Sanders said this to me. Uh, I don't know how you say you're good friends with him after and you're going to be buddy-buddy after. I mean, one of the things that just isn't talked about at all is the fact that you have a private conversation with someone you consider your friend. Uh, I mean, unless what they said something that you think must be heard because it's a life-and-death scenario, I mean, you're snitching on your buddy. Like, to, to, to like... It's like you would, as a reporter, you wouldn't do this to someone telling you something in a private conversation that was discussed to be off the record. And she's on the record saying at South by Southwest last year, she was asked about the conversation and she should have said a private conversation should remain private. I mean, that's the issue no one's talking about. Someone like, again, if she wants to do this, just fucking do it. Like if some Republican told me something and said, oh, but I want this to stay private. I don't give a fuck if it's going to hurt you. I'm going to go out and say it, but I'm not going to pretend you're my best buddy afterwards. You said something ridiculous and it should be called out on. This You can't have your cake and eat it too. That's what I'm trying to say and that's what she's trying to do. Yeah, there was also a, an article from December 2018 in the New York Times about this meeting. And in it, it says sources familiar with the meeting said that neither candidate tried to dissuade the other from running. And it's like, if this happened, when it when they say it happened, that immediately after she said this went on, why wouldn't they divulge it then? Because if it's such a grave thing that must be brought to light, why why sit on that for a, a year plus then, and then drop it the day before a debate, the last one before Iowa in a state where you stand to gain the most votes from him? I mean, it just seems like a, a, a you know a calculated move. Listen, even— that she, then, like, Go ahead. You know, even if you're someone who doesn't believe Liz Warren would do that, and I can understand. I don't. I don't think she's like a. You know, people hear me criticize Elizabeth Warren, who I've consistently said is a progressive. I'm not one of those weirdos who's saying that she's a, a Hillary 2.0. Like, no, I don't even believe that's not even what I believe. She's a progressive. She's not as progressive as Bernie, but I mean, we should be able to look at their record and just see that she's a progressive. I literally went to events supporting her when she was running for Senate in 2012. I like Elizabeth Warren. This whole campaign, she's been my strong number two, never fucked with anybody else in terms of who would be my backup if Bernie Sanders didn't make it this far. Um, am I disappointed in her? Do I, has my feelings on her gone down? Yeah, a lot, I would say. If she's the nominee, would I support her? Absolutely. I don't understand why this criticism of her during a primary calling out things that a politician did means I hate her or dislike women or something. It's ridiculous. She is an adult she is a politician. She's a human being. She's allowed to be wrong. She's allowed to be right. She's allowed to, to attack. She's allowed to not attack. It's just ridiculous. And what I'm saying here is that uh, when she brought up the, the, uh, the, uh, the women on the stage having been the only ones to uh, defeated a Republican candidate, incumbent in the past 30 years, and Bernie simply corrected her saying, I actually defeated a Republican incumbent. In the past 30 30 years, and she had to do the math because he actually did defeat a Republican incumbent within the 30-year range. And she didn't believe him because I'm assuming that very arbitrary 30-year number was picked because they did the math wrong, her campaign, and thought 1990 was more than 30 years ago. And yes, today is January 14th, January 15th now, because it's midnight, 2020. If Bernie Sanders defeated that incumbent in January 14th of 1990, she would technically be right. It was more than 30 years ago, 30 years in a day. But he is within the 29 years in a few months because he defeated the guy in November 1990 and if you think I'm being pedantic which some person thought I was being on Twitter first of all I'm not dwelling on this we're having a discussion because other people brought it up I simply pointed out Bernie was correct in a tweet took me 30 seconds if even that to compose we I corrected her and moved on but people wanted to dwell on it so fine let's talk about it if you don't think 
a adult politician who has a mind of her own and has a campaign who wants to win didn't think of that specific 30-year number on purpose. I don't know what to tell you. And if they were wrong, you got to just simply say, hey, you were wrong. Let me correct you. I don't, it doesn't mean she's lying. It doesn't mean she's a lying woman. She's a human being. Her campaign screwed up and gave her the wrong date or she miscalculated. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like there was people afterward too. Um, like CNN was, was was mocking like uh, David Chalian or whatever his name is, uh, Scallion, something like that, and Dana Bash and uh, the Cuomo kid were like mocking Bernie for pointing out that the timing like was was inaccurate in her statement. And they were acting like he was like unnecessarily splitting hairs, but it's like if your point is that no one up there can beat a Republican incumbent or that it was like that long ago that doesn't matter, like I don't know, it's just it's 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 not his it's not his fault or it's not an overstep for him to point out that it was wrong. I mean he could <laughs> if he wa if he was if it was literally anyone else in the same circumstances, he could have just pointed out that she was a Republican at the time when he was beating the incumbent Republican. Right. Um, and he was very <laughs> generous in not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the weird things here is that there, this is a debate. Why aren't people interjecting into correct people and to say that's not true? This weird, bizarre debate rule where everyone takes their time and to talk and then the moderator says, okay, so-and-so, you may rebut. Or they don't even let someone rebut sometimes. They just go to someone completely who wasn't even referenced in the, the candidate's prior conversation. It's just ridiculous. A debate means you have a back and forth with people. If you're not having a back and forth with people, we got six people up there reciting a monologue. And what a waste of time that is. Right. Well, yeah, it's not like it wouldn't be good TV. And I think that's the problem. Like we live in a world where we want like this like rapid, like immediate gratification. We want the sound bites, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I think I think it would benefit all of us if we considered like at least a couple debates with a really structured format kind of like a back and forth like Lincoln Douglas Lincoln Douglas style debate or just like a, you know if, if you've ever done speech or debate or moot court or anything in high school or college something like that where you have here's 15 20 minutes make your case you can even do it by issue other people get rebuttals things like that I think that would just that would be I'd watch that but I, I'm not your average TV consumer I don't really like watching TV I mean I feel like this is a new thing to be honest because I I mean you can't really compare the 2016 debates with the Democratic side because it was just Hillary and Bernie so yeah it's gonna be a back and forth but yeah I remember the GOP debate those guys were going at it they were interjecting they were interrupting each other I mean some of the <sighs> most like the most clipped gifts and, and and things from that is Donald Trump literally interrupting people going wrong wrong like i mean like that i mean you want to i mean it's you could say it's just an entertainment thing or whatever it's not if you don't let these people interact we're never going to get to the meat of it i mean it's it's just pointless to let someone just lie to the audience's face and then move on to someone and say okay do you have a rebuttal and also here's a question too you have to fit it all in in two minutes do you want to take the rebuttal or do you want to take the next question there's your choice I mean, how many yeah. times does that happen? It's just pointless. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the Bernie and Elizabeth thing went on for as long as it did. Uh, I don't even think it went on for that long. It just went on for longer than it should because that time should have been used going after Biden. And it just wasn't. I mean, I was looking at the uh, – I have it right here. I was looking at the, the amount of time they talked. And the only person who talked less than Biden was Steyer. I mean, that's, that's ludicrous. Biden Jesus. is the, the front runner. Uh, yeah. Warren spoke yeah. for nearly 19 uh, minutes. Bernie for nearly 18. Uh, Klobuchar and Buttigieg around 17 minutes each. And Biden just over 16. I mean, it's it's like, what's going on here? What's the point of this? If you're just going to let these guys lie, like, like how, how, does, how does Biden just say, listen... Yeah, I voted for the war in Iraq, but I also tried to get them back home. What? What? <laughs> yeah. How is that? How is that even a like? How is that an answer to your Iraq war vote that 
more than a decade later, you tried to get some of the troops back home? Yeah, how many died in the interim? I mean, what is going on? Like, how does this just get by with no one saying anything? What would you... What... Yeah, it's, it's, it's... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's interesting to see when they choose to hold people's feet to the fire and on what issues. Right. So on the war front, so it's like he's obviously, he's been lying about his his record for the past couple of weeks because Bernie's been hitting him on it. He has trotted out John Kerry this week uh, and last week to claim that uh, Biden didn't actually vote for the war. He voted for a process and then Bush didn't follow the process, which is bullshit. I mean, Biden is on the record calling for regime change in Iraq uh, since 1998, uh, before even 9-11, he wanted to do this. And he was leading the fight in the immediate aftermath of the vote. He's t- at a speech, giving a speech at Brookings, uh, the, the prominent think tank, it, talking about it in terms of war. Like, he knew what he did. So he's trying to get away from it. So tonight, like you pointed out, he, he trotted out new messaging. It's like, hey, it's actually okay because I was tasked with ending the war in Iraq, which, like you pointed out, erases the hundreds of thousands of people who died in it. So nobody held his feet to the fire on that. No one also holds anyone's feet to the fire on the cost of war. But they will quickly do that on literally anything Sanders proposes. And I don't know if you noticed, but the the, the data they've been using this week and really pointing to in the language around it, this since World War II, this peacetime, since peacetime, or biggest spending increase in peacetime, comes from analysis by Larry Summers, who was, you know, the economy? He was the Clinton administration, Obama administration, the champion of financial deregula- uh, deregulation, including the repeal of Glass-Steagall, which led to the financial collapse. This is the guy that CNN is pointing to to say, "Hey, the Sanders plans are reckless." This guy is a fucking shill for big banks. Right. So they won't ask questions about how much uh, war costs, how much, uh, in, like whatever your military proposals are, or the Iran war in general. Um, but they will on, you know, giving health care to sick people. Right, right. The, the fra- It's a great point, and, and, and it's a perfect segue to discuss just how the framing is just so disingenuous. If you look at the chirons on the CNN uh, screen, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like uh, Bernie, uh, you say Medicare for all will cover everybody, but what about how it'll bankrupt every insurance provider in Iowa and leave all people who work for insurance companies, which, by the way, Iowa is an insurance state, whatever the fuck that means. Or was it <laughs> yeah. Des Moines is an insurance city or something insurance like that? Insurance city. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, all those people who had jobs. I mean, it's it's just a stunning, just stunningly how they how they frame these things. And, and another thing that was interesting to me. So you have every candidate up there attacking Trump's trade policies, going on and on about how his his uh, his trade deals have been hurting American workers, uh, farmers, um, uh, uh, energy companies, uh, whatever they run the gamut. You know, steel, uh, and yeah, that's true. And then they all use Trump's bad trade policies to then pivot to. Which is why I support the USMCA, Trump's trade deal. Like, where the only person who doesn't support that that was on the stage was Bernie Sanders. How yeah. how is that? How is that? How is that not called out? How is how is like a moderator who will harp on every little thing in the Medicare for All conversation, like you said, but the idea that Trump's trade policies are bad, so I'm voting for Trump's trade policy, doesn't get just. Just say, hey, could you explain this? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the framing on that one was, hey, uh, why aren't you willing to compromise? Like, what the fuck? The negotiations ha- haven't even started yet. Like, if he gets elected, why why not hear out what his uh, utopian scenario is and let him argue that? And then other people try to, to talk about that. Why are we accepting Trump's proposal as the baseline? Um it's just like imagine if you were selling a house or buying a house, whatever, any any like real estate transaction and the realtor comes to you and says, hey, look, you got to compromise. Like you hadn't even started. You would find that to be a ludicrous proposal because you're opening bid or offer. Like you don't even have any any traction or leeway on that. Like in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense like that, that doesn't make sense to anybody. Like you're selling your car. 
you're not going to immediately accept a compromise without hearing out if someone else, sorry, my cat is like right here. It's all good. My cat's, she, my, she, my cat's done the same during a stream. I got a cough. This show is very laid back. <laughs> We're all chilling. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is not, this is not CNN where we professionally go on TV and characterize a conversation between two people as not being he said, she said. You saw that, right? That was... Oh, my God. Well, yeah, and she's a Clinton camp person. Right. I'm not, I'm she... not here to go back to the Hillary, uh, the, Hillary <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the Bernie Warren thing, but, uh, yeah, yeah. but I, I'm using this example as media criticism on CNN that uh, someone who is regularly on CNN would go on TV and say... Her her wording, I'm not, this is not exact, but her wording was that she can't believe Bernie uh, said he denied saying that a woman can't become president because this wasn't a he said, she said, because CNN reported it. What is that even? Because CNN reported it? What? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Cooper, Anderson Cooper, interestingly, uh stood up not stood up but he 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 rebutted and said well to be fair it actually uh from what i understand is uh he said she said because only two people were in the room and then she goes yeah but cnn talked to other sources and cooper had to explain that when two people are in a room and it's just two people and then one of those people goes and tells someone and that other someone becomes your source. They were, in fact, not in the room. So, yes, it is indeed still a he said, she said. It's just like, like, it's just, it's just like common sense. Like, it's not even like. I mean, that person ran a media outlet for like multiple years. So you would oh, think they that they, they still do. They still do. I, they still. I don't know if people are they still share blue. I don't know if people realize this, but share blue, which she still works for, is no longer called share blue. It's now called the American Independent at AmericanIndependent.com. It's the same exact shit. It's the same people working there. Uh, it's the same company who owns them. Nothing has changed except the name because they realized that the name share blue was synonymous with a Hillary Clinton PR firm from 2016 because that's essentially how they how they acted. Now, is everyone who works there uh, still doing that? I don't think so. Uh, for example, Oliver Willis, who I've disagreed with about primary stuff before, is usually, mm -hmm. uh, especially recent in recent years, have been pretty good. I thought you know he's been not as obvious in terms of uh, he's been sort of more down the line. But it's clear that uh, their editor at large, Jess McIntosh, who's a CNN contributor along with working there, is not because this is something consistent with CNN. They regularly do this. I mean, before the debate went live, um, they had uh, Hillary Rosen and um, uh, Karen uh, McKinney, I think her name is. I could be getting her name wrong. Karen Finney. Karen Finney. Thank you. Thank you. These are two people who, during 2016, were strong Hillary Clinton supporters and have been on, and they're Democratic strategists, works for, they work for the establishment, obviously, and they have, since 2016, consistently been th uh, throwing and tossing uh, bad faith attacks at the Sanders campaign. And it's just like, Listen, you want to have these people on? That's fine. You want to do you want to get both sides? Fine. But no one is ever on the other side, meaning the leftist side, <laughs> to rebut. It's just they usually get uh, a CNN straight news reporter, which still obviously is someone who 9 times out of 10, obviously there are exceptions and they're usually really great reporters, but 9 times out of 10 is someone who just toes a corporatist uh outlet line and they have one of those people they'll have one or two dem strategists they'll have a republican uh, uh cnn contributor sometimes even someone who formerly worked for the trump campaign or the trump administration itself and you'll have anderson cooper or wolf blitzer talking with these people discussing why this candidate is good and that candidate is bad. And for some reason, they always love the centrists, no matter how they do, like Amy Klobuchar and Joe Biden. <laughs> and they always shit on the progressive, in this case, Bernie Sanders. You're not seeing the Warren crap anymore. They're not crapping on her anymore because she's in third or fourth place in the polls. Uh, I believe she's second in Iowa currently. 
but everywhere else, she's third or fourth. Uh, nationally, she's like in fourth. Pe- people have basically written her out, apparently. Uh, and the people who like her are there, I guess, as dem strategists to say, uh, now that she's not a threat, that yeah, she's the she's the good progressive, and Bernie Sanders uh, hates women, and uh, blah 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 blah. It's like <laughs> it's just like what's going on here? Like it's 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 so frustrating. It really is. Yeah, and and not to belabor the point, but one thing I did want to point out with the Sanders Warren stuff was after the debate, they had these people. Cat's back, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just a kitten, so she's really cuddly. What's the cat's name? Um, her name is Thana. Thana. After Thanatos. Thana. Uh, let me ask you, who do you think won tonight's Democratic debate? We're we getting a purr there. We're we getting a purr. Ooh. Oh yeah. Is that? Is that? Ooh. <laughs> She's a Sanders stan, of course. Yes, of makes course. sense. Oh, she, ooh, she's a, she's a. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's one of those rare Bernie Bros who are women. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but after, so after the debate, so you saw like the 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 wonky body language, the refusal to shake uh, each other's hands, the conversation, all that kind of shit. CNN was doing this like play by play analysis, and they brought up multiple points at multiple points, including in an interview with. With Steyer, um, oh, they spoke. The, they spoke it, to Steyer. Yeah, what did he say? They had him. Uh, I had. It was when we were talking, but I caught it out of the corner of my eye. And they were having him react to that video, and it's like, is this of ever of, of any material impact <coughs> to to voters? Like they did. They talked about that in the first hour. That was before they had talked about things like impeachment, Medicare for all, college affordability. Uh, climate change to the very small extent they talked about it. They didn't even talk about the gun control, uh, LGBTQIA plus like equality or rights, uh, abortion, immigration, wages, police accountability, anything like that. The Supreme Court. They didn't talk about any of this, but they they talked in the debate about this what, getting this conversation where people were, people got wires crossed in 2018, uh, and then the body language and the interaction after the debate. And doing like play-by-play analysis of their conversation after the debate, like that does not matter, but it speaks to the 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 determination for CNN to turn this into some scandal because then they will be at the center of it because they have the footage and they wrote the story. <coughs> like everyone would need to link to them and use their footage. It just shows like the w- the way a corporate media operates in this political landscape does you and me and your viewers a disservice. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, th- they they have this video, like you mentioned. There's no audio. We don't know what was said. So you can't yeah. speculate. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's a moment. Sure. If you want to just point out, oh, it seems like there was a, a moment at the end. Fine. But the speculation and the the weird like like uh, like uh, fan fiction of what's what you wanted them to say or hope they said or wondered what they said or guessed what they said, it's just pointless. It's just it adds nothing. It adds nothing. And you know I'm sure uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if uh, there's a, there was a hot mic that may not have been live but caught it on the recording end or something. It'd be interesting to see if CNN tries to make something out of that. Yeah, I mean, if I was a CNN producers, I would sit on that. I would get the story and let the speculation be the story for a day and then drop the mic, like the hot mic, if that happened in 48 to 72 hours to revive it. Um, I hope they did not because I just want this fucking story to go away. It's just, it does not matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they don't even, I don't even think they care. Listen, I totally agree to a point like would i rather not be talking about this of course but i mean we're now at the point where the gloves are off we're three weeks from iowa um they should go after joe biden but i mean for example i saw i saw sean mcelway who's uh, i believe he's a warren supporter uh he's been on this show he's done good work for with data for progress i got nothing against him in terms of what he does but i saw this quote from him where he says you know like uh you know, Bernie and Warren should be teaming up to take down the final boss, who is Joe Biden. And it's, it's I saw a lot of people like that quote, but the quote's nonsense because <laughs> Bernie and Sanders aren't playing two-player co-op. They're not gonna like if I'm gonna go by his 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 analogy, it's not two-player co-op. They can't be co-presidents. Yeah, they're facing each <laughs> other, and if uh, Bernie or Warren want to get to Goro, 
they need to beat Shang Tsung first. And uh, I, <laughs> this is very dated references, Mortal Kombat, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if uh, Bernie and Warren want to get to M. Bison... They need to beat Barlog or Sagat first. Whatever the Street Fighter guys were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If uh, Warren and Birdie, I'm going to keep going, by the way, wants to get to Bowser, they got to beat the Koopa Kids first. I mean, it's, 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 that, it's that simple. And Warren and Birdie are one of the Koopa Kids. Each. <laughs> so, I right, mean, right. To, they, they're gonna, there's going to be one winner. And it's clear that the gloves are off. And do I wish they weren't? Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, they got to be in it to win here. And it's not just, it's not like Obama versus Hillary in 2008 where, you know, there were some policy differences, but at the end of the day, they were pretty much the same candidate. Um, This is, there's a fundamental difference between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, whether that means you like Warren or whether that means you like Bernie, I mean, there's a reason you like either one of them and not the other. And there's obviously a whole pool of people who need to be convinced as to why they should choose one over the other. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think they've done a, they've both done a really good job at not really, up until this point, not really going after each other, at least in a meaningful way. There's been some, you know distinguishing between policy differences i think like warren warren's funding model for m4a or her alternative to the senate bill that bernie introduced hers relies on a a population increase through immigration reform um that's a difference in their policy proposals and people talked about that that's fine that's fair it's what primaries are for i think this weekend with the volunteer script and then the reaction from the Warren campaign opened it opened the door up to character attacks on each other that weren't happening before this week and I think that we should really be wary of that going into what you've mentioned several times so far is like we need to just focus on Biden right like this guy is the strongest he's been pretty much untouched and all things are pointing to a repeat of 2016 when you have uh, Barisma now getting hacked. You have a ton of questions looming over uh, that whole relationship with Hunter. We <coughs> we are poised to go into a similar scenario in which a flawed candidate is just continually pummeled by Trump and Fox News and the right wing media apparatus on issues of corruption, uh, uh, exploiting the office for personal gain. And many other issues that would lead to decline turnout, lesser enthusiasm, and ultimately a Trump victory. So getting Biden out of the race is is issue number one. Right. No, I completely agree. But at the same time, while they shouldn't be going at each other, I mean, the, it's clear now that you know if someone says something, there's got to be some sort of uh, you know rebuttal. Like the, 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 there's no the 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 non. The non-attack clause they had or whatever clearly is just no longer accurate. And if one person's going to not abide by it... I mean, this whole thing started over a call script that it's now come out that, yes, uh, it seems like there were low-level staffers who were involved in the scripting of the the um, the call script. Bernie originally said that he had not approved it. There's been nothing that shows he did approve it. When you have a campaign of hundreds of people... Uh, it's not, you're not, you're not, uh, micromanaging everything. You're, you know, some people go off on their own and do something and whatever. Uh, but at the same time, the call script is basically points out, points out the accurate data from the polling that shows who Warren supporters are. And that's all that's repeated. There's no disparaging of Warren as a, as a person. There's no even attacking her policies or what she, what she stands for. It's literally Elizabeth Warren is great. She's my second pick. Uh, however, it worries me that her supporters are this, this, and this, and this. I believe it was, you know, more affluent uh, and majority white. Which, interestingly, that's off hands. That's all. That's you can't say that now. But in 2016, the regular attack on Bernie Sanders that no one had any problem uh, weaponizing against him was that his. <laughs> supporters were white 
whether you believe that was accurate or not, it was not. Uh, but whether you believe it was accurate or not, doesn't really matter. The weaponization of the race of his supporters was used. So I don't. Did you did you attack the Hillary campaign? For doing that? Or did you just say, oh, Bernie's got to do better with people of color. Ha, ha, ha. Old white guy doesn't doesn't connect with uh, with people of color. But with Warren, apparently, it's, ooh, how dare you? You're going negative? I mean, that's the constant thing here. Because, you know, when a candidate or a campaign, because, yes, like we said, the candidates haven't really attacked each other much this, this cycle so far. When a campaign or staffers or supporters go after a particular candidate, Usually, it's the Bernie people who actually do attacks that stick to that candidate and actually cause issue for that candidate because, I mean, unfortunately, their candidate usually has a bad record. Um, But when another candidate tries to do the same to Bernie, it's a lot harder for them because somehow, some way, I'll never understand it. I mean, there's got to be something out there on this guy that no one has found. Like 40-plus years in politics... 78 years old and the guy has never been caught on camera saying something that that that's going to stick like i mean it's <laughs> it's unbelievable it's oh, it makes me really you know if you're not sold on him uh, yet that should be one of the selling points um but i mean here you have so you have this dynamic where it doesn't work against him so what do you do when you both have the same weapon uh, you both have the same, you know, the same tactic, but it only works for your opponent. Uh, you say that that tactic is illegal. You say that tactic can't be utilized because hell, if you can't use it, who cares? It's not working for you. But if the other guy can't use it, then he's handicapped. You know, he can't get away with what he's been doing. Yeah, I, I, it's just you'd think that after one primary with a candidate who had pretty much like the full disposal of the democratic machine uh, or the, the full democratic machine at her disposal, all the opera research that they could have done everything that they had. And what was the worst thing that they came out during that time? I can't even remember. <coughs> it's just like, like the, the weird, we have Bernie saying essays. Something. We have, we have the, 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 the rape essay, which is miscategorized as a rape essay because uh, the, uh, the, the rape is brought up in the essay when it's clearly an essay about uh, stereotypical gender roles of the time. Bernie is not advocating for rape or saying he's yeah. a rape fetishist. She's yeah. literally, I mean, is it well written? No, the guy, but the guy was like what in his late twenties, early thirties at the time, and this was yeah like the seventies where people were t- like, what was it, the the, the sex revolution? I was before my time, I don't know, but you always hear about the sixties and seventies being like, oh yeah, everyone's just out there, hippies, and so I mean, clearly people weren't using the woke language they use in twenty twenty back in the sixties yeah. and seventies. Um, so uh, it just miscategorizes that essay. Uh, you could say it's shit. You could say you don't agree with it, but to say it's a rape essay is just wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. They they tried out the video of him in Russia, uh, <laughs> which was uh, him. Kind of pro- cool. Yeah. A, it's cool for us, but B, uh, first of all, Russia wasn't even in Russia then. Uh, number two, uh, it was a program that the U.S. had with other countries where polit- uh, political leaders from different areas from different countries would come together and basically socialize. Uh, if you ask me, we could do a lot more of that now. Um, and then what else did they try out? They got the, uh, oh, they got the, um, that word that I'm not going to say it. I don't think there's anything wrong with the word, but I'm not going to oh. say it because it's going to be clipped and used yeah. against me, even though they're, the word is not racist. The word that means stingy that is a old English dictionary word, a word yeah. that I learned in uh, in New York City in the 90s and in the 2000s in both elementary school and high school as part of your spelling like uh, class because it is a legitimate word. Um, you know, it's kind but of... it's things like that, right. like, and it just shows like this is their their oppo this time around is like. Oh, a volunteer script. Like, is that really a big? I mean, you have got like you've got like 
compete with Wells Fargo attorneys as his advisors. You and know, your the, your attack on Bernie is that his script wasn't nice enough to a candidate, another candidate. You know, and you bring up a great point there. I mean, you know, Bernie. You know, clearly, you know, if you're not sure, full disclosure, uh, we both are Bernie Sanders supporters. <laughs> I mean, it should be clear from our entire history of doing this. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, uh, Bernie has had a lot of opportunities to bring up things, and he just didn't. Um, he, he's consistently done this throughout the debates where there were clearly points that he could have made and only he could have made about people's record, like what you just said about Buttigieg's, uh, what is it, attorney from Wells Fargo. Um, yep, yep. I mean, how do, you, how do you not do that? And I mean, Bernie also, I mean, knowing Biden's doing this closeness with Obama thing, how do you not rebut and say, well, this is where I worked with Obama. Hell, I'm the only Democratic congressperson, period, who tried to save the Iran deal by voting against the sanctions that helped sully relations with Iran. Um, I'm, I was easily, I mean, easily Bernie was the on the forefront of the fight to save the ACA. And every time someone says that Bernie wants to destroy the ACA by bringing out Medicare by making by uh, enacting Medicare for all. How he doesn't use that. I mean, as clear as day, say this. No one fought harder for me. No one fought harder than me for the ACA to protect it. I will continue to protect it. And if Medicare for all, when, you didn't even say, and when Medicare for all is enacted, ACA will be protected and be uh, you know, uh, eligible and be the law of the land until the very second Medicare for all goes into effect. So yep. I mean I don't I, it's 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 just like I don't I don't get why those points aren't made. I don't know if there's a, a campaign strategy behind not saying that stuff. I would love to hear it if it is because it's bizarre to me to not say that stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, even when he was championing the ACA as it was being attacked by the Republicans in twenty seventeen. Um, in the summer of 2017, as you remember, you know, the Republicans were trying to repeal it. Multiple attempts. There were rallies almost every day on Capitol Hill, and I was at a lot of them. Um, he was a constant figure at all of these. And uh, him, it was Warren, it was uh, Booker was at a lot of them. Harris is at a lot of them, and then I mean Warren could bring it up too. You're absolutely right. If she was there, she should be bringing it up when they're attacking her <laughs> Medicare for All plan. I mean, I don't understand yeah. what what the the like like. That's why I sort of just want this like this this weird agreement they all have to be nice to each other to just <laughs> to just drop. I mean, I get the hesitation. Uh, so far, we've seen anyone who went like hard on the attack just completely drop like uh, Castro and Kamala. But, I mean, their support wasn't really there to begin with, so it's not like they had some strong support that was going to back them when they went for it. Warren or Bernie could easily go after Biden on this stuff. And what's going to be the loss there? There's going to be none. There's going to be none. In fact, some people will probably be rallied by it. I mean, <laughs> I don't get it. It's just I think it's an unwillingness on establishment Democrats and the party brass it's unwilling, un, unwillingness on their end to admit that Obama wasn't everything that they wanted him to be. They would need to admit that the, that, that proposal and that plan was fatally flawed and wasn't sufficient. Um, he came in promising health care for everybody, and he couldn't deliver. So to immediately have the next Dem president point that out would just seem, I think to them, seems like a bad move. Um, but just like, sorry, I don't care about your politics and your optics, like when people are, are sick and dying and going bankrupt for medical bills. We can chew gum and, and walk at the same time. Um, we can talk about the accomplishments that the ACA, ACA made and also make something better. And those are not mutually exclusive. And I think just establishment Democrats and centrists can't acknowledge that because they see Obama is just like Godhead, right? No, I mean that's that's really what it what it comes down to. But I mean, I, I I have to say though, you know, the the closeness with Obama was a major factor in 2016, 
And I mean, while it's clearly helped buoying Biden, uh, it's also clearly not helping him enough like it helped Hillary. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Obama's legacy is, I mean, it's sort of Trump trashed it. There's nothing there. (laughs) I mean, the ACA will be his legacy until something else is enacted, which it will, uh, when when it happens, who knows, but it'll undoubtedly happen. And then there goes even that. His foreign policy achievements, just poof. His domestic <laughs> achievements, poof. Judicial, he didn't even get his Supreme Court pick. I mean, uh, in, ter- in that last uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, go around, I mean, is he, was he a good president? I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, when history looks back and rates our presidents, he'll certainly be in the top tier, but I also think the bar is incredibly low. So, I mean, it's like, you know, wow, every president who, uh, presidents one through 10 all have like uh, uh, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes if we're going to go with the <laughs> weird analogies and continue off the video game thing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, who do you think is done from this from this debate? I mean, I don't think debates matter that much necessarily unless there's some big moment which i don't think we had in this debate uh i don't think it affects the top tier candidates too much but it could set a uh a real uh media sort of uh we've seen this with klobuchar sort of like a a talking point surrounding a candidate and i gotta say i don't think klobuchar even won over her favorite media pundits uh (laughs) this time around I, i think Klobuchar failed to do anything that was any good in terms of uh, any sort of uh, putting herself out there. Uh, Booty yeah. Judge sort of, I mean, I don't like him, but this was easily <laughs> his weakest debate. Easily his weakest debate. Um, I mean, Biden, he didn't do much. And whether people might read into that as, wow, our front runners just standing there or not saying anything maybe maybe that's what they're gonna take away but who knows uh, i mean bernie and warren uh I, I don't know how much their interaction is going to affect either of them uh steyer uh steyer's moving up in those polls with all that money he's spending it's pretty incredible to see actually but i think you know once he once iowa and new hampshire come around i think that's that's done that's steyer i mean basically he's focusing on those later states yeah, and his bump is totally the the result of the actual top tier candidates ignoring those later states right now as they focus on Iowa and New Hampshire, and Steyer just overloading the the constituents in those later states with his ads. So when they're asked who do you like, they're like, oh, I hear a lot about this Steyer guy. I think I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the, the it's mostly just they're buying name awareness, and that doesn't necessarily correlate. Or result in votes. Um, one thing I do want to point out is because of that, they stand to pull votes from Pete uh, <laughs> at a time when he really is going to need like the biggest impact because he's probably not going to win Iowa. It's close there, but probably not. I'd be surprised if he did. He definitely won't win New Hampshire. That's like pretty much a lock for Bernie. Um, won't win Nevada. Definitely won't win South Carolina. So their game is just all in on Iowa. And that's when, after those four, that's when, um, you know, that's when uh, Bloomberg and Steyer kick in. And those are two guys with pretty similar platforms to Pete. And they're buying that name awareness. Even if it's just a little bit, they could hurt him enough where they just like, bump him into a, a, a lower spot and give more delegates to Sanders, Warren, Biden. And he could be done at Super Tuesday. Right. Um, so, no, uh, fingers crossed on that. It'll be interesting to see who drops out after what. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. If whoever wins Iowa and New Hampshire between Bernie and Warren, the other one should drop out. This idea that they should both stay in it well now more than ever seems to be ludicrous um it's not going to come down to the delegate count it's clear as day because uh someone's running away with it at some point 
It's just I don't see how it does. I mean, how they don't. Um, and it's going to be Biden if both of those two are in the race. Come like maybe we could take it after Nevada, but who knows? Um, if 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 Biden cleans up in South Carolina, and the delegate account account from that becomes insurmountable, then there's an issue. And that could totally happen if Biden completely runs away with, proportionally, he will get a ton more delegates. Even if Bernie wins Iowa, even if Bernie wins New Hampshire, if it's close, like it is in the polls right now, he'll only net uh, one, two, maybe even the same number of delegates as Biden. Um, But, uh, and the same goes for Warren if she's in first. But, you know, that's not going to be the case in South Carolina. Someone, you know, the the best hope it seems like right now, maybe it's one of them can turn it around. It'd be, it'd be the upset of the century. Uh, it's not unheard of. Obama did it in 2008. Uh, Obama has some, had something else going for him, though. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's... It, it, if Biden runs away with it in South Carolina and the two of them... Bernie and Warren are still in it, then I, th- I think it's it's going to be hard for it not to be Biden. Uh, yeah. I bet the, maybe the best you could hope for is that Buttigieg really turns people out, convinces Biden voters to go with him, and he splits Biden's vote a little bit. That's, that's a possibility. Maybe Klobuchar, I don't think she's going to do as well as Buttigieg c- could possibly, but maybe those couple of percentage points she shaves off Biden could be helpful to Bernie or Warren too. Um... Other other than that, I, I don't I don't know I don't know uh, I I don't I really don't think Steyer and Bloomberg are two people to worry about. Uh, maybe Steyer more so. I actually think because people don't know him. Uh, I think people know Bloomberg and they don't like him. I don't I see a hard path for Bloomberg, especially with him going out of his way to not be on the debate stage. Uh, I mean, you could care one way or another whether. Uh, you could say one way or another when people actually watch these debates or pay attention to them, but the photos do go around. They're the photos that are used for the stories on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all the major, uh, you know, New York Times, Washington Post. They use these photos from the debates, and people see these photos and they internalize. Oh, these are the people who are on the debate stage. These are the people who are in the race. I mean, just Bloomberg not being up there, sort of, most people won't think about him. Yeah, yeah. I I think you've alluded to it a couple times. I think Klobuchar is probably done either after Iowa or New Hampshire. Her fundraising has not been great or up to you know the same threshold as as Pete or or Bernie or Warren or Biden. Doesn't have a lot of staying power. Polling pretty low. I think she's just going to drop out and probably back like Biden. You think she's going to back Biden? Yeah, it's. I mean, her policies are closer to his, but I could see her supporting Warren for other reasons. Um, I, I wonder what her play would be. It's interesting. I mean, I could see her backing Biden, but I could also see her backing uh, Warren for the same reasons. Um, yeah. Who knows, man? I don't know. Her. She's. Uh, I mean, Biden seems to be the short thing, I guess. I don't know why I sounded so surprised when you said that, because <laughs> I'm not. But um, yeah. it wouldn't be Pete. Right. It would not be Pete. Now I see people I think. actually thinking that Warren's making a, a play for with Biden here, and I would let me tell you, I would I don't believe it. And if it happened, mm-hmm. I would be so disappointed. It would be, it would truly be a a political career change for Warren. I I don't see how she does that, period. And then I don't see how she does that and continues on as some sort of uh, progressive standard best, standard bearer. Which, I, yeah, think she, which I, mean, I think she is. I mean, she's totally a progressive, just not as progressive as Bernie Sanders. And nothing wrong with that if you're, you know, if you're someone who likes progressives but has some sort of reason for not liking the most progressive person. Then uh, I mean, Warren's <laughs> yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, this was uh, this was quite the debate. And for people who are asking, uh, I was not on YouTube tonight. We were talking about this before we went live, because I set up the 
live event. I scheduled the live event on YouTube like I do for every single show. And the title of the event was, uh, I believe it was, the post-democratic uh, uh, live stream show on the CNN debate or something like that. And I guess because I used the word CNN in the title, which it's not a copyright infringement to use that word and that, that those acronyms in the title of your article or video title, I received a copyright strike from CNN for it. That's right. I got copy stricken on YouTube for a live stream video that wasn't even live yet. So there was no content connected to it. So because of that copyright strike, I couldn't monetize the stream. I couldn't run the stream. And I am forbidden from doing live streams on YouTube either A, until YouTube reverses the strike, or B, until YouTube, uh, the copyright strike uh, expires in April. Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident that they're going to reverse it, but it's probably going to take a few days. And a, and on top of that, it shouldn't have happened to begin with. That's ludicrous that you would copyright strike a non-live live stream. <laughs> oh, man. man. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, well, I'm not, I don't work for YouTube, so I'm fine with it. Um, <laughs> so, Jordan, Yule, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, of course. I'm going to jump off with you. Usually I do a show after this, but it's the post-debate show. It's like I do like a, a second half of the show for patrons. But that's it for tonight. Gotcha. It's almost 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, Patreon.com slash Matt Binder. Uh, support the show there. Jordan, where can people follow you and, and keep tabs on what you're doing? Uh, I'm at Twitter, uh, at Jordan Yule. Perfect. And, uh, oh, folks, I will be... Uh, doing the majority report on Thursday. Um, yeah, that should be fun. Tune in to the majority report on Thursday. Um, other than that, uh, have a good night. <laughs>